African Dialogue, looking at different events in depth, discussing a variety of issues. What we see here is a clear violation of one, the right to privacy of Tiwonge and uh, Stephen. The position of Greenpeace is that it's been a disappointing meeting. Hey, how's it everybody? Good morning, good morning Africa. Thank you for joining us right here on Channel Africa. Remember, you're listening to African Dialogue since it is 11 o'clock Central African time. Thank you for joining us on our various platforms on shortwave. We're on the frequency 7230 kilohertz on the 41 meter band to Southern Africa. And remember, on the sh- um, not sh- that was our shortwave service, but if you're l- listening to us on DSTV, we are on the channel 802 on the audio bouquet. And you can also uh, stream us live on our website on www.channelafrica.co.za. That's www.channelafrica.co.za. Well, today we're going to be looking at the issue of African governance and also how do we actually deal with uh, uh, the deficits, especially when we look at uh, really balancing things out when it comes to the issue of the poverty line on the African continent. In the first of its Pan-Africa profile based on recent public opinion surveys in 34 countries. Afrobarometer reports that decent work and economic growth is Africa's highest priorities amongst the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals. But it's also an area where governments are performing particularly poor. The new report links uh, the most important problems identified by more than 45,800 Africans. That's a large number. As well as the assessments of government performances on these issues, the goals of the UN Agenda 2030 for Sustainable Development. The analysis is designed to help governments and advocates to design more effective interventions through a better understanding of how the intended beneficiaries perceive and prioritize these goals. Well, we have the pleasure to have Professor Dominique Uwezeyimana, who is a senior lecturer at the School of Public Management and Governance at the University of Johannesburg. It's great to have him in our studios. And also just a little bit later, we'll see if we can uh, go across to Ghana and speak to Daniel Amar To, who is the project manager of Afrobarometer. But we'll speak on just the general issue here in terms of some of the outcomes we're seeing here. And it's very, very interesting, uh, Professor Ueze Imana, in terms of looking at this issue. But we're going to broaden the discussion. Across 34 surveyed countries, unemployment tops the most important problems that Africans want their governments to address, followed by health, infrastructure, roads, water sanitation, education, management of the economy, and poverty. Definitely, this is not a big surprise when you look at this particular survey. I mean, when you look at the context of South Africa, uh, the unemployment uh, rate has actually increased. We still have conversations happening. Even recently here at the SABC, people speaking about retrenchments, and we've heard retrenchments in other organizations outside but in the country. Uh, so this issue of unemployment, this issue of uh, uh, poverty still remains very central in African development. And it seems like we're having a difficult time as African government and Africans themselves dealing with it. Uh, 
Thank you so much for the question and for the interview before I proceed. Uh, as you have said, my name is Professor Uwizaimana. I am a professor of public management and governance at the University of Johannesburg. And uh, I am not really surprised about the findings of this research because uh, in most cases, these are the things we already know and see in our daily lives. And um, it's definitely not surprising to see that what we see in South Africa is also what is happening across the continent. Mm. Now, um, yeah, the other thing that probably we should highlight is that the high unemployment that we find in African, most African countries uh, tend to affect the youth. Mm. Uh, most of the unemployed people, mm. the majority of them are the youth. 60% mm. of unemployed people in Africa, the whole continent, mm. are the youth. And uh, mm. that is uh, some people characterize the situation as a time bomb. Mm. Um, that is something that the government have uh, tried to attend to, to solve for many years. Mm. And uh, as you can see yourself, uh, they have not yet uh, succeeded and uh, the even when we talk about economic growth, uh, people say no, Africa is growing faster than the rest of the, the world at the moment. Such economic growth is not really translating into uh, job creation. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's a serious concern, mm -hmm. which means that uh, most government really have not done well on mm -hmm. the issue of uh, solving the top uh, problem that affects uh, the people in Africa in mm. the for that matter, the most important people on the continent. Mm. Well, let me bring in Daniel Amato, project manager for the Anglophone West Africa a Department of uh, the Afrobarometer. Daniel, thank you for giving us your time as well. And thank you for having me too. Now, Daniel, let's look at this particular, uh, the outcomes here. It's not surprising, and I think it's actually spot on some of the issues here in terms of uh, the real issues that people are highlighting, and it sums up the issues that, uh, uh, that are highlighted here, that people are asking for decent work and economic growth. And what um, Professor Uwezeyimana is highlighting is very central here because in Africa, when you see GDP uh, growth uh, projections, we are growing to a certain degree. But as highlighted by the professor, what we're grappling with as a continent is the fact that is this GDP actually uh, translated on the ground? And is it actually manifesting where we need it to happen uh, in African communities? Yeah, let me, let me start by saying, just as you indicated that the findings are not so surprising and the professor that you have on the other side of the line also says so. It is true. When you move around the continent doing this Afrobarometer where we come across similar situations in various countries and so anytime we come out with these findings and we see this kind of picture being painted based on the opinions expressed by Africans we are not so much surprised and as you rightly pointed out Africans are looking for employment opportunities economic, proper economic management and having economic growth and then benefiting from the economic growth. I am not so surprised in the sense that, yes, the GDP growth rate across Africa appears to be increasing, but 
if you read some of the reports you are having, you clearly also see that the growth in the economy is not being shared equitably. And so we see some level of this thing, deprivation also occurring alongside the growth. And that, that to me is something that African leaders need to think about. Is the growth that we are experiencing on the continent being shared by just a few? What about the masses? Are they having their portion in that growth? If we don't do that, we'll forever be having this kind of challenges where we are having that growth, but that growth is being enjoyed by just a few. And so the masses will always be cramping for and calling for government to undertake this kind of structural these policies that will help address the challenges they are facing. Because when you talk of unemployment, health, infrastructure, these are things that the ordinary citizens need in order to survive. And so long as we are not working on that, and we think we are economy is growing based on whatever statistics we are having, and therefore we are in a good shape, I don't think that is right. Because as I said, deprivation is also growing alongside that growth in the economy. So I think in general, what we are seeing here is a clear position from Africans. They need certain things to be done for them to be able to have decent life like we get. You know, let me come back to you, Professor Uyaziman, in terms of that point that was highlighted by Daniel Amaro Tode, especially the issue of uh, equitability in terms of, uh, you know, we don't see the uh, profits and the, uh, the, the, the wealth of Africa actually being shared equitably in African societies. Why is there that challenge? Is it because of the emphasis on privatization in some African countries? Is it because basically we're very reliant on a, a capital system in African societies? What What is happening where we're getting things wrong, where um, you know the prosperity is not shared? Thank you very much for the question once again. And uh, as you have mentioned, uh, the economic growth in Africa, which we talk about uh, and we see in the newspaper, is based on a capitalist system that is uh, uh, that, that is that is based on privatization of uh, public services and uh, infrastructure. And um, the other most important problem, I think, for me is that uh, most of the growth we talk about is not really a growth uh, which results from production. It is based on the foreign investments and those investments come as a, a way of like World Bank or other uh, Western investors trying to build a road in a particular area but when they do that they bring the money in the country and uh, their partners are not the general public, are just a few individuals a few elites in the government who will be having their companies working with those foreign companies companies and the economy the finances that are generated out of those projects remain in the elite inside the country and some of it are taken back home uh, to the western countries now in that situation you find that few economic growth will take will benefit the people only a few individuals. Uh, statistics are there that uh, if you look at most African countries, yes, economy is growing, GDP is growing, but only 1% will own, let's say between 1 and 10% will own 90% of the economy. 
what about 90% of the people in the country? They will share the remaining one up to between one ten of the, remain, the remaining part of the economy. That's why you see that the rich are getting richer while the poor are getting poorer on their basis. And that is something that needs to be how to deal with it and in an economic system that is based on capitalism, it is still a challenge at the moment. I want to come back to you, Daniel, just to elaborate on some of these particular issues that are highlighted in this particular report, because everything is related to the sustainable development goals. But when I look at the most important problems that people are highlighting, when you look at uh, the first 10, you see a relationship between infrastructural development in countries and also uh, developmental issues such as education, water, uh, I mean management of the economy. Uh, Also what's highlighted in the top 10 is poverty, destitution, food shortage and famine. So it's the concerns are not just one dimensional that people have. It has to do with the economy. It's sociological. It's also about health and environment and also how uh, the state is actually handling the economy, especially uh, that 21% that was highlight, highlighting the issue of management of the economy. And there is a relationship between all these things. Well, let, 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 before I, I come to your question, let me say that I agree perfectly with what the professor said in terms of growth and how that growth is shared based on what I, my remark initially. And you see, one thing that we need to even consider, where you have growth in the economy and yet you are having challenges with unemployment, then like the professor said, where is that growth coming from? Because if growth is coming from manufacturing and industry, then definitely it will solve greater portion of the unemployment problem in the system. Mm. So if you are having growth and then people are crying for employment because the unemployment condition is so huge, then you have a huge, huge challenge. That growth is not coming from production. It's coming from somewhere else. And that is why we are having this kind of challenge all over Africa because we are really, really experiencing the growth. But the growth is not coming from production whereby you can get more hands, you can engage more people to solve the unemployment problem. And now let me come back to your question. As you pointed out, if you look at the issues that Africans are considering as the most important problem that their governments should address, clearly I see a trend in there. And the trend is that these are basic things that the ordinary citizens will want in order to have some kind of minimum comfort or minimum standard of living. And with Afrobarometer this time, what we tried doing was to map some of these concerns that Africans have against the various SDGs that we all African countries and other parts of the world are working towards. And clearly what is coming out from our analysis, if you go through the report, you realize that in, the, in terms of the mapping, most of these issues raised by Africans as the most important problem has to do with decent work and economic growth. And that has about 57% of the people crying for that. The next one was zero hunger, which is SDG2, about 31%. If you go further in the report, you realize that we also try to look at how people assess their government performance on these issues. And the surprising thing that came out is that those 
SDGs that are of priority to the people, in terms of government performance in those areas, it was quite low. So the question is, people are seeing this as huge challenges that the countries have to address. Yet, they are not seeing their government addressing these challenges. And I think we need, we, we, we need to bear that in mind that policy is about the people. And so when you are designing policies and the people are not feeling the impact of the policy in their life, you need to sit back and reflect on it again. And for me, that is what the whole story in this report is telling us. How are we tracking the SDGs? How are we tracking government performance in that area? Do we track it by just official statistics without thinking about what the masses for whom these policies are being developed are also saying? We need to balance it. That is how I see this kind of situation. Well, I'm going to take a quick break, and then when we come back, we'll continue this conversation with Professor Dominique Uyezaminana and uh, the Senior Lecturer of uh, the School of Public Management and Governance at the University of Johannesburg. And uh, we have on our Skype uh, Daniel Ama'ato, who is from Afrobarometer. He's the project manager there, and uh, he's from the Anglophone West Africa Department. Well, we'll continue this conversation after this break. This is Channel Africa, South Africa's official international public radio station on shortwave, internet and satellite. From an African perspective. Guess what? You can now listen to Channel Africa using Silozi, Chinyanja, Kiswahili, Portuguese, French and English, giving you an African perspective. Hi, my name is Tandalunyan Zovo and you are listening to Channel Africa. We are Channel Africa from an African perspective. Channel Africa, bringing you the African perspective. Well, uh, thank you for joining us uh, here on Channel Africa. This is African Dialogue from Monday to Thursday. We look at the big issues on the African continent. Today, we're focusing on a very interesting report from Afrobarometer, which was released just recently, which takes stocks at tracking uh, African citizens' priorities. So it's about your voice as an African and what you think should be prioritized by African governments. And according to this report, what a lot of people are concerned about and the most important problems go around. Unemployment is a big one. 40% of the people surveyed were speaking about unemployment and then health comes to 27%. So you see the difference between um, unemployment and the other issues. Almost like a 20% difference between uh, what other people are prioritizing and the highest one is unemployment which is at uh, 40% in this particular survey. And people are asking um, the main um, sustainable development goal to be prioritized should be decent work and economic growth. But this question, Professor, takes us back to um, government performance and how we actually measure that from an African context. And even the sustainable development goals are very difficult as well sometimes to measure in terms through government policy and implementation. Because most of the time when we do hear about governments in Africa, we usually see it in the lens of corruption. And we don't really know most of the time around what African governments are doing that is actually uh, improving Africans' lives. 
Thank you so much. I think there are discrepancies between the views of African people themselves about how government is performing and the views of Western international organizations such as the World Bank, the IMF and other development agencies. Obviously, the reports that we see in the media and in the newspaper will be telling us that this, this and that government is not corrupt. And for them, that's okay. This and that government is allowing them to conduct a business and hinder that that's okay for them but they're not really telling us that okay what the government is doing is helping the people to develop uh, the human development index is low in most of uh, those so-called uh, those countries with uh, economic growth for example and that's for the west that's not a problem western people don't really care are interested in business so that's why they whatever reports we see being projected in the media is about how government is uh, allowing businesses to flourish, how uh, economic growth is growing, but not how the people on the ground are living a better life. And that's a serious problem. Whether we don't get the information about the good performance in those issues that affect the people on a daily basis, it, I don't believe that is true. Because if you walk in the rural area of your own country, what do you see there? Do you see a road? Do you see a functional health, health facility? Do you see water? Do you see electricity? In most cases, you find nothing. Even if the economy, uh, economic growth of your country is projected as the best, on the continent and that, that that discrepancy will always exist because the interest of the donors is totally different they want a positive reporting in order to keep uh, to use the same report to get more funding while the people on the ground are not much interested in some of those issues yes the government is corrupt but where is my bread and butter i think that is the question that's where the discrepancy comes from and, and let's stay with that because another discrepancy is governance in itself because we can't ask external forces to determine our implementation in, in governance. So we are also seeing those discrepancies within African governments. I do agree 100% with you. I fully agree with you that there are discrepancies in terms of uh, policy implementation, even the policy making themselves. Most African countries, and I have... To st- I stand to be corrected if whenever I am wrong, is that most of the policies that we see, the good policy, the vision, vision 2020, vision 2035, vision 2063, <laughs> are not really made for Africa or by Africans. They are drawn by somebody who come and send the document to the African government, and then here it is, they will support it, fund it, because it is, we're going to help them to make a business. And in the end, Service delivery will not be taken care of. Human rights is a serious problem that the people don't talk about. Uh, hunger is a serious problem that the people don't talk about. Why do we see that a country that is performing well economically still lack in uh, ensuring that its people get a good education, get a better uh, health facilities, have a bread for their own children? I think that's where the problem is. We're going in circles, Daniel, and I think it's because it is a dilemma, isn't it, in terms of how do you translate these grand ambitions such as the ones that we're talking about within the sustainable development goals and translate them into government performance? Yeah, but before I, I, I speak to that issue, let me say that I agree with the comment of the professor. In addition, what 
I see also happening on the African continent is the fact that now most of the policies being implemented by our leaders are being implemented on the basis of what political capital will bring to them and not on the basis of what will be the long-term impact in our various countries. So if you look at most of their policies, their policies based on what they propose to do in their manifestos. And therefore, it's all about what do I need to do within that short-term period in order to entrench my position, and not about what do we need to do gradually towards the long term in order to solve most of these problems. Because I can tell you, this unemployment problem, ever since we started doing the Afrobarometer survey in 1999, this has always been in the top rank. Hmm. And the question I keep on asking myself, if our governments are formulating right policies, thinking about the long term, we shouldn't be talking about this unemployment situation at this time. We should have been able to solve it long time ago. But because most of the policies are short-term policies meant to give the leadership of our country some political capital over the opposition. And so we don't think through these policies. And as you rightly pointed out, yes, it appears to rest from the report that we have that even though citizens are coming for certain things, they don't see the government delivering on those areas. And as we have been saying all this while, in coming up with policies, you need to look at data from various, various sources. Just as the professor said, you can't depend on just data from maybe donor institutions and those who are financing development programs in your country. What are your people also saying? Are these policies not meant for your people? Why can't you also factor in their opinion? If even you are doing well and the people are saying we are not benefiting from it, what, what would it take from you to try as much as possible to address their concern? So for me, it's all about the people. And therefore, whenever we start thinking about policies, we need also to think about what do the people want? What do the people think? And what are they saying about whatever policies we've already undertaken? Are they seeing the benefits? Are, are these benefits reflecting in their lives that we need to do more or we need to change approach? So for me, that is how African leaders, we should think about these development issues. We should think long-term and stop thinking about our political parties being in power all the time, and therefore we formulate short-term policies just to maintain our hold on government. That, that to me, will not solve our problem. We should think long-term. It's better you do with a loose power. Somebody comes continuous loose power. By the time we realize, maybe 10, 15 years, we will be somewhere. Mm. Well, someone could be listening to us and saying, hey, the, these are three Africans just complaining, 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 as they usually do uh, to have development in countries. You need investments, you need business creation, you need skill allocation, you need uh, uh, proper, uh, uh, you know, reforms within even the business systems to make sure that you actually have a system that is long term in terms of how you actually are looking at investment, how you're looking at um, employment creation. So where do we stand as Africans? Are we just people who are going to open our hands out and ask for for a donation or looking for a job? What are we doing as Africans to change things around governments? What are they doing to actually make sure that they are creating developmental structures to change this situation? That's the question after this break. 
Welcome to Change Your Game on Channel Africa, the African perspective. We are coming to you from Johannesburg, right here in South Africa. I'm Asanda Beda, your host. Change Your Game, the program that promotes open discussion and social dialogue as we highlight real issues in the African entrepreneurship ecosystem. Trevor Mumba now joins us in studio to talk about his entrepreneurial and personal journey. Welcome to Change Your Game, Trevor. Thank you so much. Um, it's an honor to be here. Palesa Mukubong, who's a designer. Welcome, Palesa, to Change Your Game. Thank you. Your role at the fourth annual Fashion Without Borders event? I just know that I need to arrive and, and, <laughs> okay. and do my part and do it really, really well. Yeah. Hey, you are listening to Channel Africa. This is African Dialogue with me, Benjamin Mushatama. We'll be with you until uh, midday. Uh, coming up after us is Africa Midday, and uh, they'll give you the latest news on what's happening on the African continent. Today, we're looking at this fantastic report that actually is very obvious in terms of looking at the priorities that sh- citizens are saying should be uh, centralized by governments. And those are uh, good jobs and economic growth. But uh, we've been trying to dissect why are we having these problems and why are we not seeing a change in the situation where we are seeing uh, more Africans having jobs and seeing uh, economic growth that actually translates to the ordinary person on the ground. If you're just joining us now, uh, we have Professor Dominique Oyeziyamana, and uh, he's the senior lecturer at the School of Public Management and Governance at the University of Johannesburg. On our Skype, we have Daniel Amar Ato, who is joining us from Afrobarometer. Well, let me start this part with you, Daniel, in terms of uh, saying that, hey, maybe we are three whinging Africans. We're just complaining, 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 putting the responsibility in someone else's hands. Maybe Africans are always having their hands out and wanting someone to give them a donation or two. Um, what are we doing for ourselves in terms of our governments and as citizens to improve the situations? Are we creating enough jobs? Uh, our governments ensuring that uh, small, medium enterprises are actually uh, centralized in the economy? Uh, there's a lot of questions around this in terms of what Africans are doing for themselves. Well, it is true, and I personally don't believe Africans are looking for support every now and then. We, we need to bear in mind that we are living in a global world, and therefore Africa cannot live in isolation. But one thing that I always keep on saying is the fact that we need to look at the structure of our economy. See, we have structural challenges in most of our economies, and we are not really, really thinking about addressing those structural challenges. For instance, I try looking at most of these unemployment challenges we have in our various countries vis-à-vis the kind of education system that we have. How do we restructure our education to be able to address this unemployment problem? If we are not able to do that, then we keep on churning out graduates who cannot venture into setting themselves up in various enterprises. Then definitely they will be looking up to government. Why is government also will not have the means to set up maybe industries and the rest, and therefore government will also be looking at up to the private sector. Yet the economy is also not helping the private sector to do more and open up the 
employment opportunities for people. So you will see that we'll be going round in cycle. We will not be able to solve the problem. So do we need to do something about uh, our education where people go through our education system and they come out and they don't even look up to government or the private sector to give them job, but they are thinking of they themselves establishing something. We need to look at it in that holistic manner. And that is why I keep on saying, until we stop this kind of short-term policies that yields short-term benefits and keeps us in power, and we don't think long-term, we will be going round and round. So for me, it's not about Africans looking for help. Africans can solve these, some of these problems. But we must also bear in mind we are practicing democracy, and so we have elected people to lead us. And these are the people who should take the initiative for the masses to follow. If they themselves are not taking the initiative, how do we expect masses to follow? And so we, we need to resolve some of these problems. If you look at some of the issues that came up, even corruption is there, down there. When we, we, we engage in this kind of things, and corruption is taking away so much from our economy, so much from the masses, how do you expect to address some of these challenges that the Marxists are always speaking about? So the, we, we need to do a little bit more. We need to do a little bit more by looking at the structural base of our economy, looking at how best we can change some of these structures that are not helping us. For instance, in Ghana, I keep on saying we've been talking about modernization of economy. Mm. Modernization of agri. Mm. Ever since I was in secondary school, I've been reading <laughs> about this thing. And it almost always comes across to me that when we talk of modernization, we are thinking about putting one down on some farm, <laughs> doing some small... This will not solve a long-term problem. It will not. Unless we think, and we think so much deep into the long-term, these minor, minor things will help, but it will address the challenge within a short-term period. And until we change this kind of approach, we may not be able to resolve some of these issues sure. that masses are saying these are the most important problems our government should address. All right. Uh, Professor, what, what are your thoughts? Uh, thank you so much. Look, I agree with Daniel um, uh, we, that uh, we need to have a good leadership, uh, improve on good governance. <coughs> in, in fact, I wanted to emphasize at the point that we need to move beyond the governance. Governance focuses on economic growth. Good governance focuses on all other elements of the principles of good governance, transparency, democratic leadership, uh, public participation. There is a lack of public participation if we look at this report. People are not consulted. The government don't know what they want. If they were part of the design of the, they were part of design of uh, development uh, policies in any country, you will see a turnaround strategy. You will see that the development takes a different uh, format. We focus on growing the GDP. We're not focusing on addressing the needs of the people. And the people are excluded from the policy making and therefore from policy implementation itself. I think that's where I, I, that we need to improve. How do we get, get the people involved in self-development? I agree with Daniel. African people are hardworking people. They know what to do. They need a good leadership. And up until we get a good leadership on the continent, leadership that is based on good governance, leadership that involves the people in the decision-making, in the implementation of policies. 
then we will keep talking about the same thing forever. All right, we're going to wrap it up. We've got two minutes. I want to get your final sentiments. And uh, in terms of, um, uh, you know, collectively, there needs to be a shift, especially now that we find ourselves right on the brink of the fourth industrial revolution, which actually makes things complicated for Africa. Some people say it's an opportunity, but from where I sit with all these issues of unemployment and economic constraints uh, within communities, Communities. Uh, the fourth industrial revolution holds a big challenge for con- for the continent because in the, now we spoke we're speaking about robotics, mm-hmm. we're speaking about mechanization. Uh, we we'll probably see more loss of jobs in that regard. Your thoughts on uh, contextualizing where we are as a continent in this conversation uh, in relation to that fourth industrial revolution. Look, in relation to the fourth industrial revolution, I see that uh, well, there are opportunities. Always there is opportunity when there is a development. Mm-hmm. But when the fourth industrial revolution kicks, has already kicked in, yeah. but it, in other parts it might work. In Africa, with low level of uh, education, poor education, mm-hmm. how do you want a person who cannot read or write mm-hmm. uh, benefit from the fourth industrial revolution? Most people... Some people might, well, we, those who are well-educated, who have access to good education, might benefit from the fourth industrial revolution. But I assume and suspect the majority of African people, if you don't change education and make it give people good quality education, definitely the fourth industrial revolution is going to make things worse. Final sentiments, Daniel, in terms of that, we're speaking about mechanization, robotics. That's the world we're in right now, social media and all sorts of things. Just in 30 seconds, let's contextualize this conversation in that regard. Well, all I can say that I already indicated, and I'm happy the professor also stressed on that issue of education. Yes, industrial revolution, who and who will benefit from it? especially if probably we are even grappling with the same level of the illiteracy rates in our countries mm-hmm. and even those who are also getting some level of education they come out and eventually they can't do anything for themselves how do they benefit from it so once again it brings us back to the same structural problems mm-hmm. how do we resolve these structural problems if we can't resolve them we will be here in africa and that industrial revolution will pass bypasses and we may not even be able to benefit from it. So for me, basically I see most of these challenges that have been listed by Africans, they have their root in the structural situation of our various countries, unless we change that. And I'm also happy the professor agrees with me on the fact that leadership is important. Mm. If we don't get the good leaders that we expect, there is no way as Africans we will progress two steps and come back five steps well we have to wrap it up there uh, we've run out of time thank you to our fantastic guests very interesting conversation needs more development indeed and maybe more conversations around it in terms of how do we prioritize decent work and economic growth for Africans how do we actually change our economic structures on the African continent thank you to Professor Dominique Oezi Yamana it's been a pleasure to meet you thank you to coming to our studios he's a senior lecturer at the school 
of Public Management and Governance at the University of Johannesburg. We're definitely going to have you back in our studio, maybe even if it's a telephonic next time. We really want more of your contribution. Daniel, thank you as well for joining us on our Skype. He was speaking to us from Ghana. That's Daniel Amar Ato, who was joining us from Afro-Pyramity. Thank you both for giving us your time. Thank you for having us too. I'm an actress, I'm a motivational speaker, born with albinism. Um, the nurse first asked my mother, is your husband white? My mother said, no, why are you asking me that question? When I grew up, there was no publication of person with albinism disappearing, mm. being stolen. You see, it was happening, but there was no exposure as it happened now. Hi, I'm Pule Mulebati, the presenter of the Albinism Report a program that demystifies myths and mysticism on albinism, highlighting challenges and achievements of people with albinism. Tune into the Albinism Report on the following times, Monday, 5 past 9 in the morning to quarter to 10 Central African time, and from 5 past 10 to quarter to 11 Central African time, Tuesday at 5 past 2 in the morning to quarter to 3 Central African time. The Albinism Report. An enlightened narrative with me, Pule Mulebati, on Channel Africa from an African perspective.